This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. So, all right, let's flip the script real quick because there's a okay. series of shows that I would, you know, I wonder about since you're all, you're in the realm of DC right now. Since mm-hmm. you're currently working with DC, I got to ask, um, have you had any interest for, or, you know, writing for uh, Greg Berlanti for the Arrowverse series or even the HBO Max series? By I any mean, stretch? the truth is I have not met on the Green Lantern series because that one, it was already in progress. Right. And I, like at the same time that I'm doing my thing over here, they were already kind of already geared up writer wise on the right. other side. So even if my name would have come up, there was no chance for it to come up. I've met with their Berlini people a lot. We keep yeah. dancing around and I keep not getting the gig on it, but it's not like they don't like me. They right. keep calling me in to have chats right. um, and we talk about stuff and we always have a great time and it's just not the right place. It's not the right time or place. But you're still having chats right? and that's, that's nothing to uh, sneeze about. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. And they, you know, <laughs> like some things run their course, like, there's part there's like I would have loved to be on the flash early on, but yeah. I feel like the flash is winding down now and I don't know what I could really contribute. Thank right. You. Like, <laughs> um, I'm not saying that. it's bad. No, but saying, I feel like I, feel they're, like I think they're getting to a point where we might see the beginning of the end. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm well, feeling. Every, every show has a life. Right. So, and this um, season and was the, really awesome. Don't get it twisted. Cause they went back to right. the speedsters and it yeah, was awesome, but I still feel like they're, they're, writing it in an in a sense in a direction where we're starting to revisit some of the old yeah. of like we're gonna wrap one. this up soon we're gonna wrap full this circles up. coming yeah 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 something like that yeah. or at least some massive change that'll turn it into some other kind of show absolutely but point being is that at this point the flash that i would want to write like i have great ideas for that time has passed yeah so arrow's not on the air anymore so can't do anything yeah. with that um batwoman I'm not really a bat fan in general. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter whether it's Batman or Batwoman. I'm right. just, I'm like, meh. Um, uh, nothing against anybody. I love everybody. It's a great show, right? <laughs> Black Black Lightning is done. So there's no room over there. Unfortunately. Uh, you know, <laughs> we could have a whole show about whatever we feel about I'm Black just going to put it like that. <laughs> okay. But I mean, whether you feel about Black Lightning when it was on, that was the blackest show that had ever been on television. That was the blackity black. It was the, black I called black it. Black I called show. it a comic books version of New York Undercover. No joke. That was the straight up blackest <laughs> show in the history of blackness on television. You ain't ever lied. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm including Roots. I'm including Roots. Black I mean, Black Lightning was blacker than Roots. I think it was so black that they couldn't handle. You remember what Paul Mooney said on his Chappelle show when thing, when you have too much fun. Yeah, I was like, come on now. The, come amount on. Of, the, the, yeah. the, the talent that they brought in, the legendary yeah. talent that they brought in, the music selection. Sure. Was, I, like, thank goodness to Netflix to at least have it on their platform for now. Sure. And, then, and, and and it's there. That's the point. It got made and it's yeah. there, which means it and they, and they had closure. And yeah. they had closure. So I'm uh, at and least happy ended. about that. Yes. And it ended. It didn't just stop. It ended. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay, just do it more like a 
next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course so my haters tempt me beep the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah pretty much working overtime this week i mean it's just been crazy you just heard the clip from uh jeffrey thorne who just came back on the show for his fifth appearance and his first video appearance i should say i haven't seen this guy since 2017 if you even watch that um that interview we talked about that i like the first time i met jeffrey was at san diego comic-con right after the marvel animation panel where they announced he was going to be the showrunner for avengers black panthers quest which is now available on disney plus mind you um we had a chance to, i bumped into him we had a chance to talk uh, i said i would love to have him on the show he was more than willing to do so i mean it was awesome absolutely awesome gave me the opportunity we talked we i learned a lot from this guy and and that was at the time when i learned that he was not only just the showrunner of this entire thing but he's also the actor formerly known for being on the hitch series in uh in the early uh it was it had to be early 80s in the 90s um in the heat of the night it was one of the deepest like groundbreaking series of all time um starring carol o'connell I know a lot of you young cats don't know what the hell who the hell that is but he that dude's legendary for playing the role the iconic role of archie bunker and this dude who was like who was a character that was played he was supposed to be like a racist <laughs> in, in this show called all in the family he redeemed himself to me when he actually did this role where he played a cop that was like a cop for everybody he was just he he was he was not about that bigoted racist life he you know justice was justice for him and jeffrey was on that show he was on that show for like seasons on end and we talked about that of course if you check out the interview you could check uh we talk about that even the video interview version i have a photo of what he looked like back then in accordance to now but um 
Yeah, it, it, since then, he's been on the roll. He became a writer for Marvel Comics. He writes for DC now under the Green Lantern banner. So he's now doing the, the 12 issue series there. Um, he created the character Mosaic for DC. He's done solo. I mean, like if you look at his his resume, it is filled. And he just happened to recently do the second season uh, or the spinoff season to power known as Book Two Ghost with uh, Mary J and um, Method Man. Dude, like the guy's on the roll. I, I couldn't be more proud of this man. And, you know, to have him on a show, especially for people who are aspiring writers, producers, even and actors, of course, this is the, one of the perfect guys to have on and, and to hear his story in each interview that we do is a different interview. We cover everything. I mean, we literally cover everything uh, from how he what he had to do to get to where he had to go. Like he kept it real. And on the first interview, all those interviews are up now, which you can find on TalkTimeLive.com under our podcast uh, page. And you could just type in Jeffrey Thorne or you could just type in TTL exclusive to not only just see that interview, the recent interview, or um, you could watch all of them there. I also had the video up um, on the on the TTL exclusive videos page as well. So you could check it out there. But just awesome to have him on the show. It's, uh, it's always great to talk to him and see how he's doing and what he's been up to because he's always doing something different. And he, I, I think it's just only a, I think it's only a matter of time before we talked about him, you know, being a part of the Arrowverse and writing for them. I think it's only a matter of time. And as I say this, they could probably be just planning to do away with the entire series for period. But no. I can see him really doing something awesome. And I wish he would have worked on, I really wish he would have worked on Black Lightning because I think he would have been perfect for that. Um, oh, that would have been so freaking awesome. But nonetheless, he is doing great. Um, you know, somebody in the community that I could feel like I could be very proud of, I could look up to, you know, Jeff, Jeff is that dude. So thank him once again for coming on the show. Folks, we got a very fun show for you today as we will talk about a lot of things that has happened this week and some things I wanted to talk about personally, but at on, uh, on our talk topic of the week, Transformers War of Cybertron Kingdom arrived this week. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I, I, I gotta admit, I didn't realize that they were, that this was coming out. Uh, there wasn't really hype for it. I don't know why, but it, it was, it's out. I got a chance to watch it twice and we will talk about my thoughts on the third series, which includes the Beast Wars. And which is a which is a brand i am not too I, I i was never a you know beast wars fan like that so it was interesting to see how they included them into this entire story so we'll talk about all of that and more at the uh top of our uh show but for now we got some interesting news to talk about so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, I believe possibly the biggest news going on this week involving our favorite fandoms consists of our very own Black Widow. Uh, Scarlett Johansson 
is at war with Disney right now. And, you know, it's been all over the place. TMZ reported it for, I believe they were the first ones to report this and then just went all over um, media and now social media and everybody's chiming in on what they think. And of course, there's always people who are going to chime in with no knowledge of what's going on or no understanding or of what's going on, how it's going. They just go, I literally had somebody in our ACMG Facebook group who only read the damn, he's he, he so obviously that he read the headlines and not the actual article because he went off on a tangent of, un, not, of not understanding why she's complaining about, you know, uh, the money that she was getting. You know, if she was getting, you know, it, 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 when you read the context of it, of, of it all, you just knew that like he didn't read the article and he doesn't understand the situation. He's only going by the headlines. People, please, I beg you, I beg you. And I say this one more time. Social media doesn't hide one's intelligence. It exposes it. So with that said, can you please take the time, be patient and thoroughly read an article. Intelligence is not something that you gain quick. Even if you are a genius or a prodigy, it still takes time to mold and craft your genius. Some people have to work on it and that's okay. We all go to school to learn and to practice and to study. And it takes time to grasp that understanding, that mastery of things. And it all starts with reading. Read, read, read. So if you read the article, you would understand that there was a contract involving uh, Scarlett Johansson's role as Black Widow in a new movie, Black Widow, coming out. And the contract, uh, apparently, according to what I've read on TMZ, is that the contract stated that the movie would only be in theaters and that she would get profit for all the box office you know money there and that apparently didn't happen that way because as you know and i've reviewed the movie a uh, week ago where i watched it in the comfort of my own home via disney plus pre uh premium access they were you know distributing it on their streaming page now the problem here is that the contract states that she would get all box office um uh, you know uh proceeds not all box office proceeds but a portion of it that she would get from this movie so she got about like and unfortunately disney exposed this and i'll talk about that in a minute too because that they were this was shady on their part i believe she made like about 20 mil and, and i don't know if that includes the actual you know money that she got from the box office but that movie made about overall with streaming and box office and worldwide you know uh box office made i believe it made almost 300 million <clears throat> now here's where the park it here's where the situation gets uh ill because because of the contract that states she gets the theater box office profits or portion of it it doesn't state that she gets anything from the premier access profits which was about 29.99 a pop so i paid 29.99 millions of other people made uh you know paid that much she gets none of that disney gets all of that you know and that's unfortunate because the contract if the contract states that the movie was only to be in theaters and she get in and they decided to you know put this on disney plus she's not getting that money 
they're getting that money. So they kind of screwed her out of any other monetary opportunities to get paid off of the movie that she made, off of the hard work that she put in and all the actors put in. And she, to me, and I believe a lot of people said this, she has some legs to stand on. I don't know how they're not going to be, you know, they're, they're, they're in a bad situation right now. Just it, it appears. Um, so she it, it, and what Disney did was just unbelievable. So I don't like the idea that Disney did this. They vilified her on social media, you know, making her feel like she's the bad person for wanting to get the money that she's owed. And they put they made her feel like the villain by making it seem like um she wants she's only worried about money rather than people you know going through the pandemic because they're the reason for putting it on disney access is obviously the pandemic but regardless i just feel like if that was robert downey jr or chris helmworth or even chris evans or whatever and they had their own movies and they and, they, and, and disney did the same thing i got a feeling they would not have done the same thing i just had this belief i if you know if the contract slated that the movie would only be in theaters that she would only profit from it she damn sure should get that money uh i'm on her side on this there's too many times in hollywood you know women get screwed over uh with things like that jennifer lawrence was one of the um women to really fight back at this and make sure that she got paid properly and stuff like that like that needs to change that whole entire situation needs to change uh immediately and I can't I got to tell you, man, I, this needs to stop. There's still some things in Holly. And, and by the way, me and Jeff talked about that on that interview and, and in regards for representation and such like that and the treatment of actors in Hollywood and even in the comic book industry. Like we talked about that on there and he believes this, it's not nowhere near as where it needs to be. And I think the same goes for women in Hollywood as well. There's still a fight going on. For some reason, these these old, uh, outdated minded, you know, execs or whatever like that are still doing things the way and trying to preserve the old ways of doing things. Now, we need to change this. I don't see what is the big deal about paying a person, whether they are female, male, black, Asian, whatever, paying a person what they are worth, what they are truly worth. I don't understand why that why we in this country make this such a big deal and that's the only reason why we're being held back i can't really say that we're the most powerful country in the world if we can't even figure out how to be truly united in every format i, I just can't it's just it, to me it's like we're the most immature group of people right now and we need to change the way that we are we can't work together to even you know figure out how to coexist in a pandemic world right now it bothers me and didn't also and now we got all these little situations and you know i i'm really backing scarlett johansson on this right now it, it just disney needs to do something and, and let it be known too it is said that warner brothers who works and and puts together all of the dc uh, movies and all that stuff and all those movies that went on to hbo max including suicide squad which is coming out next week warner brothers has worked out a deal with their actors in the same situation where they will get a cut of the streaming profit as well as the box office gross disney absolutely needs to do the same i don't see in that that you know what and even more to me that is going to hinder their 
the fence because DC already DC's already doing it. Warner Brothers is already doing it. They need to do the same thing for Scarlett Johansson and then everybody who who has a movie coming out. Shang Chi is coming out too. I don't know if that's coming out on Disney Plus, but that may change the idea of them doing that. This is Disney's wrong on this side. Disney Disney is if the contract is exactly what was stated. Disney's wrong on this. They shouldn't have done it. I actually feel bad paying Premier Access now because of it. If I knew, honestly, if I knew that this that the profits weren't going to her or a portion of the profits or the or a cut of the profits wouldn't wasn't going to her i wouldn't have got it i would have probably went to the movies to go see it no matter how crappy that movie theater can be sometime <laughs> you know i she deserves to get paid she that movie regardless she's been in this she's been with this company she's been doing these movies uh since day like literally almost day one dating back to iron man 2 and they utilize her so much in these movies. I don't understand. And I, I don't, this is not a Marvel thing, people. This is a Disney thing. Marvel works with DC, with Disney. I don't know if the situation, like I can't, Disney can't be, I mean, Marvel Studios can't be at fault at this one. Disney is totally at fault for this. Um, so just to clarify, like read the articles thoroughly <laughs> again and understand the situation. Do not just go into a headline and just read off and give your opinions on it because you will be sorely wrong every time just giving your opinion off of something. Learn to read thoroughly. We live in a short attention society, folks, and that's unfortunate. And I blame Twitter for that, by the way, with their 120 characters at first and now 240. <laughs> like that was going to change anything. We live in a short attention society. Keep saying that to yourself. We need to get back to the times where people wanted to learn things in detail, in minute detail, if you will, because we're missing out on a lot of engaging things that we should really, you know, take heed of. Even if it's just an article, it's okay. Learn, just just take time to read. That's all I'm asking. But in t as far as that situation, I hope that things do end up turning out. But the way Disney's acting right now is, is, is this is going to get ugly. This is going to get absolutely ugly. I can't believe this is this is undisney like for Disney and especially for them to really even put it on blast on social media like that. Very undisney. OK, uh, the journey will continue with that. So um, speaking of Disney. Ghost Rider, we don't get to talk about Ghost Rider much um, because the last time we seen Ghost Rider in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was on the season of agents of shield and we i i knew we were burnt twice with nicholas cage's version of ghost rider which it was just a movie to watch it wasn't the worst thing i've seen in the world but it damn sure wasn't the best thing i've seen in the world and this that was made at the time right at the end where comic book movies weren't as caliber as we want them to be Right before I believe um, uh, before X-Men came out and well, actually right around the time Blade came out and really changed the way comic book movies were, you know, produced and made. And then shortly after X-Men and did Spider-Man and all the stuff. And then we started seeing a, a variety of awesome movies that led to Marvel Studios at that point. Um, never forget that Blade was the one that started the trail of all of this that we're enjoying right now. Never forget that. But 
We never really got to see a definitive uh, Ghost Rider um, movie, but I will say we did get a definitive experience with uh, Ghost Rider through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think that was the best portrayal of Ghost Rider ever. They used Robbie Ray's um, version of Ghost Rider on there. But we never got to see Johnny Blaze, but we did get to see Ghost Rider, the original Ghost Rider for they did show a flashback of how robbie got the ghost rider power and all this stuff so in hindsight we never really got a chance to go through the situation with with johnny blaze in the marvel cinematic universe norman reedus of the walking dead has been shouting out for quite some time that he wanted to play johnny blaze and let me tell you something i never thought about that before I never in my dreams thought about that before. I think that is absolutely the perfect actor to play Johnny Blaze. I can't think of anybody else. He he oozes Johnny Blaze, man. Um, geez, let that happen. But the problem, there's a problem. There's only one problem here, and that is how would they factor him in since Robbie Reyes has already made his appearance as the recent ghostwriter? By that standard the movie would have to be a flashback rather than a current story. If they make him blaze, if they were to actually do this and make him blaze um, in the current Marvel uh, phase, they would discontinue any events that would occur in the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. story. Now, granted, they are going through this time variant situation and things have changed. I, It's possible they could do that, but I'd rather them not do that because I love Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. I love the connection with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in accordance to everything that's going on. And it's like, that's a whole bunch of, that's that's years of story development just going down a drain, which it pissed me off when I watched, I believe it was the Assembled series um, uh, with, uh, I think, uh, the WandaVision. And, and one of the guys said it, it actually, you know, the, the Disney Plus series will finally connect we'll have series that finally actually connects to the story and i'm like that's disrespectful in so many ways because the whedon uh josh whedon did to his credit you know work on agents of shield and agents of shit was really good um or his brother more or less worked on it at best um and they put it together and they made such a great compelling show and that robbie reyes season with ghost Rider was one of the best of them all okay and that, not only that, but not added to that, that, se that uh, season where they combined the Winter Soldier and all that together is really when that show started really coming together. I, I would rather them not, and especially recently because the recent uh, season of Loki mentioned Coulson. It's going to be hard to do that. So it would have to me, I would I would have figured that it would have to be a flashback episode at best in order for them to do that. So but either way it'd still be an awesome thing to do norman reedus would be perfect as johnny blaze oh i can't even um, dude they could do so much with him for that um geez i would i would i would embrace that immensely so look I hopefully find a way to get that working but they would definitely have to make make it have i don't know how would they would do it so we'll see um i just added this this morning keeping up with marvel news here uh just added this morning lego is set to release a uh, a new set that will be what i would allow you to build the affinity gauntlet uh it's part of the their marvel superhero collection uh the build 
known as Lego uh, 76191, is measured at 12 and a half by 5 inches by 4 inches in scale. It will include a stand that you can place uh, that you could put the gauntlet on and place it on your mantle, tabletop, or even desk, uh, like I like the one I have right here. Um, the set is for ages 18 and up, and it is available for pre-order right now for the price of $69.99, which is a really good price, by the way. Uh, I believe, where did I see that? Where did I see that? Bear with me for a sec, because I will help you out to find it. I saw it being sold somewhere at, uh, bear with me for one sec. Where did I post? Because I posted this on the ACMG Facebook group. Ah, here it is. You can find it at entertainmentearth.com. That's where I, uh, I popped up. I've, or I've ordered some things from there before. And, um, you know, of course, that means I'm on the mailing list and I get new things all the time. So um, it's available on there. Go to entertainmentearth.com. Uh, you can pre-order right there, $69.99. That's a really good price. Um, it is a pretty cool looking model. However, it's like I'm not going to have too many Lego structures uh, in my office here. I already got the Voltron one, which is awesome. The only other one I think I really want and I didn't get a chance to get and I'm still on a hunt for it. Hopefully it's still it's still around is the Lego. I mean, is the uh, the, the Nintendo um, uh, set. I really want to put the, I really want that one. And I want to build that one. I think the idea for me, my plan is I'm going to New York in October for New York Comic Con. Um, so I may go to the Lego sh uh, store to see if it's still there. And if so, I may pick it up there pending. I don't spend money inside the con and I don't find anything cool, which that this is going to be a dilemma because I guarantee you there's going to be something awesome to buy in, in, in the friend and booths of um, in, NYCC. But, you know, in case I don't, there's always the Lego store and there's always the Nintendo store as well. So <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be great to be back in New York, I swear. But uh, go after, go after and check it out right now. It's actually pretty cool. So, you know, I may hold off on that, but it is absolutely available for pre-order right now. Remember, $69.99. That's a really great, fair price. And it's a pretty good scale, too. So I want to flip the script real quick. Actually, from Marvel to DC in the weirdest way. Um, I have what I call random or random fandom thoughts. Every once in a while, I'll just come up with these weird random thoughts about some things in my favorite fandoms this is going to be weird because i thought about this song made by one of the most biggest villains in america right now and that is r kelly <laughs> r kelly if you guys remember a while back i forgot which batman movie it was i think it was batman and robin maybe i i, I think it was um but he made they they hired Warner Brothers hired him or the studios hired him to create. This is back when soundtracks was awesome. Like movie soundtracks was like the thing. Um, you know, a lot of you, a lot of you listeners who didn't grow up during the '90s or was probably just born in the '90s don't know this. But like back in the '90s, movie soundtracks was the real deal. Like uh, New York, uh, what is it? New Jack City was probably one of the best ones to start it off. Had a stellar uh, cat, um, group of hip hop artists and R and B artists that, that really bring it off. And these things sold like wildfire. Like CDs were selling like crazy. If you don't know what a CD is, go Google it. 
but I digress. <laughs> um, and cassette tapes too. But nonetheless, soundtracks back then were awesome. Like we had that, we had Minister Society, we had um, Boys in the Hood soundtrack, we had Mo Money soundtrack. Oh, the list could go, but, and, and without a doubt, Boomerang, Waiting to Exhale, all those. We had these soundtracks with some of the hottest artists of that time. And I'm talking legend, like, which is considered legendary today, like uh, Whitney Houston and my God, a Levert, uh, the OJs, all that stuff. Um, like, uh, it's just so, which is so bad because soundtracks aren't the same as they were back then. And then even more, the artists that are involved in these soundtracks are popular, but they're not legendary. Like, oh, the way that these studios are uh, creating artists. I mean, there are some standouts out there. You got Lizzo and you got Meg Thee Stallion and you got cardi and all that stuff they're standouts they're they're the ones they're gonna we're gonna and and, and amigos to some extent they're the there's a few drakes that are gonna last through time and then there's gonna be a whole bunch of other ones that are just just fly by nights when in the 90s and the 80s you had icons and there's not to me that many icons out there right now like they're just kids making music that that studios are orchestrating and creating these cookie cutter type of uh, deals. This is why T-Pain went blitz a few weeks ago because everything just sounds the same. There's nothing different down and out there. There's not really art being made, you know? And even to Kanye, you know, I mean, to Kanye, regardless of what you think of him, his, his philosophy, whatever, his music will last for a long time, <laughs> okay? And we had these great soundtracks back then. Uh, but especially the Space Jam soundtrack. Space Jam soundtrack, which also had R. Kelly in there, which also had, um, I believe I Can Fly, which is the song that really propelled his career insanely. And then we found out everything, you know, oh, we it's not that we found out, we kind of knew, especially with his alliance, his his marriage with Aaliyah and all the stuff. I mean, we just didn't jump on it as as quickly as we should have. Let's, let's, let's be real about that. But, you know, later things started kicking in with R. Kelly and that was dumb. R. Kelly, to his credit, as villain as villainous as he is, to his credit, was always known for the melody in his mouth. He was known, he is always known as the Pied Piper of R&B because everything he sings, it just, it brings you in. And his songwriting is... is really interesting as well i mean like some of his songwriting like he can sing he can write about and sing about almost anything and we drawn in and this is proof here because his gotham city anthem in all in all hindsight is the re- most ridiculous thing ever it is the mo- most nonsensical and ridiculous form of songwriting ever and here's why if you guys remember that song go and if you haven't heard that song go out of your way go to youtube i'm sure you can find r kelly's Gotham City anthem and remix both of them go out of your way to check it out find it when you look back and we loved it because the the beats were hot his his voice was mellow and, and beautiful hearing it and he really made you think Gotham City was a city to that is the city that you really want to go to the the lyrics to the, the to the chorus of it is like the city of justice the city of peace 
This is Gotham City that he's talking about, people. And then he has the remix where he's going, Gotham City for the ghetto, ghetto. Okay, here's why I had the problem with this. And this is where my random thought just went crazy. And when I did this, I wrote this on our ACMG Facebook group. It was like, and said that like, this was the most ridiculous, nonsensical form of story writing, uh, songwriting ever. And here's why. Gotham City, comic book fans, fans of Batman, the animated series or whatever. There's, whether you watch Batman, the animated series, whether you watch the movies of Batman, whether you watch or read the comics, the hardcore, you know damn well Gotham City is anything but the city of justice and the city of peace, first of all. That's bull alone. But then he has the remix version to this and he's saying Gotham City for the ghetto. Okay. At this point, that's when our heads should have been like, Gotham City for the ghetto. That's when you we know that R. Kelly is not a comic book fan of any kind because you would know that Gotham City is a ghetto. You would know that Gotham City is the ghetto of all ghettos. Okay? Because you know what's so bad about it is because Gotham City is mostly known for being a white populated city and i guess that's why they didn't associate it with actually being a ghetto but in fact it is the ghetto of all ghettos okay because they associate a lot of people associate ghettos with unfortunately you know statistically with the black community unfortunately that's how it used to be and to some extent that's how it still is i don't even think the term ghetto is even even used as much as it used to be and when it was it was basically for derogatory reasons um, especially if it was used out of the mouth of people not in the community. So Gotham City for the ghetto. So R. Kelly's idea of making the ghettos better was giving us a Gotham City for the ghetto. So the idea for solving the problem with the ghetto is by giving us an even worse ghetto. Is that what I'm here to understand? Okay, so in hindsight, like the 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 mere mention, the mere understanding of that notion is ridiculous. But because we loved R. Kelly so much at that time, and he made his music sounded so good, we never really actually thought about the actual significance of the lyrics of his songs. I mean, granted, he was just off the, the cuffs of doing, uh, I believe I could fly. So it's like, yeah, all right, we're, we're still on that. I believe I could fly high, but he can make a song about chickens and bunnies and we all jam to it. That's how, that's how really, that's how much of a hypnotic effect that his, his music and his voice had on everybody who watched still to this day there are people who are fans of him despite the fact that this dude did what he did there's still people who like i'm hoping they're not people with uh kids that are still bumping to his albums because you know they don't care they don't have to deal with the situations they're not the victims of what this dude did and they'll still rock him and i 
don't get it. You know, people just don't have any moral compass with them at best. But this dude sung a song about Gotham City saying we all need a Gotham City for the ghetto. I was like, what the F? Okay. <laughs> grown version of me. And I think I might have been way younger. I don't know. I forgot when Batman and Robin came out. Uh, but my goodness, I'm like, did we really need a Gotham City for the ghetto? Word, word. That that's what we need. We need. We need. We already got to deal with the crap that we go through. And, and I lived in the hood for a bit, you know, in my life. You know, I know what the hell's going on. I've had guns pointed at my face. I had to go through situations before, <laughs> dude. I mean, y'all, y'all know, y'all know my story and all that. I, I got, I got robbed before. I got guns thrown up in my face. Why would I want a Gotham City? Why in the hell do I want a Gotham City? Okay. I had to deal with that. Now I got to deal with the Joker and the Penguin trying to kill my ass. No, I'm good. <laughs> I got to walk around the corner and all of a sudden Bane pops up. Is, is that what we're doing? You know, Killer Croc coming out from the bottom of the sewers and everything. You know, just no, I don't. I No, no, I'm good. I don't want like black masses gang doing drive bys in my neighborhood. <laughs> we don't need a Gotham City for the ghetto. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm OK with that. I'm good. So. That's my random thought, random fandom thought of the day. <laughs> I, you know, I just had to bring that up. I just, you know, this is the perfect format and the platform to do it. This is all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. I thank you for the time for this editorial. I'm just saying, go back, look at that and just think about how ridiculous that those songs were. It's as great as they sound, my God. Ah, oh, man. What were we? He he if if you haven't realized by after everything that I just said that R. Kelly is, in fact, a true to life Batman villain, then I don't know what to tell you, because everything that he did and everything he did in real life, how is he not a real like a real world Batman villain at this point with the ability to hypnotize people with his voice? He's like Indigo. <laughs> OK, I like how, how did how are comic book writers and stuff i need to call jeff how are y'all not making a character based around r kelly that can sing a melody that will hypnotize people into doing what you want them to do it's the writing is right there okay all right that is my rant of the day for that that is my random fandom thought of uh at this time i don't know if i have another one who knows we'll see <laughs> if it just comes up randomly i'll bring it up so all right, moving on. Transformers the movie. And, you know, since this is going to be a Transformers episode today, Transformers the movie, the still possibly the greatest source of Transformers fandom ever, is set to return in theaters to celebrate its 35th anniversary of the iconic film. Hasbro and fandom films, uh, fandom films, I should say. Um, I said films with like a TH. That's just horrible. Uh, I'll say it again. Hasbro and Fandom, Fathom <laughs> Films are bringing the classic back. The movie will air in the U.S. on September 28th at 7 p.m. local times. Uh, the screening will also uh, be featuring new exclusive content. Now, there's no word that the what the extra content will be. And I'm a little wary about that because they could say that we go to the theaters and it's like five minutes of somebody talking peter cullen or something or whatever i don't know what the hell it is 
I would like to know what this extra exclusive content will be. I don't like the fact that it's a secret because here's the deal. Here's the reality. I already have Transformers the movie and then they're going to have a 4K version coming up soon as well. Now, this version is going to have an extra has going to have extra exclusive content. I want to at least know what the secret is. Why is there a secret? How long is this new exclusive content? Is it actual extra footage that we have not seen in the movie before? That may be worth going all going out of my way to the theaters. And since it is Fathom uh, Films, I believe that is playing at my local theater here at the Cinemark because they, you know, have that here. So I might it, it, it just depends on what that extra exclusive content is. And now the other thing for me personally, I'm like, OK, there's here's two positive reasons why I would go because when the movie originally first aired I was very young and I never really got a chance to go to the movie theaters to see it in person um which was a really screwed up thing because I was a huge Transformers fan as a kid and so I mean I was I, let me tell you I love Transformers so much and it's the inspiration for me becoming a graphic designer the Autobot and Decepticon symbol is absolutely the reason why I love designing logos and insignias and stuff like that. It's because Transformers the movie. I love the the um, symmetry of the Autobot and the Decepticon symbol. I love what the and, and the significance of them too. You know, so much so, and we still don't. The mystery, the biggest mystery of all about Transformers is that we don't know the designer's name of the Autobot and Decepticon symbols. I, I remember being in a Facebook group that was dedicated to Transformers and every, you know, every geek on that page wanted to think that they were the most renowned person who knows everything about Transformers. But then I decided like, all right, I'm a really, really stick it to them because I got a feeling I'm not going to get this answer. So I put up a post asking the question, who is the original designer of the Autobot and the Decepticon symbol? And by God, None of them. And it was a huge group. None of them. I got no answers for that. I got some beat around the bush answers or whatever like that. But nobody could tell me the actual name of the artist and designer who created the Autobot and Decepticon symbol, which is a crime. It is absolutely a crime that we do not know this. I, I'm, I'm offended as a graphic designer that we don't know this uh, answer. So, um, yeah, man, this this is a. Uh, this is very interesting. I, I am I'm a huge fan, but I never got a chance to see it in theaters. So I think it would be justification for me to go see it in theaters. And, you know, so that's a that's a mark off the pro, you know, uh, list for me that I didn't ever got a chance to see it in theaters. And I would very much I, you know, I think I owe it to myself to do that um, because it was a very it was huge at the time that this movie was coming out and the events and seeing prime die in theaters and all this stuff and everybody else die and god this movie was just it's still awesome to this day the voice acting the storytelling the um the 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 animation all of it was just it was the perfect package it's still one of the best representations of transformers g1 to this day so um i you know i might be for it like i might be down to check this out at all best but i'm going to be disappointed if this extra exclusive content that they put in is not really a big deal so uh, i got some time to figure out what i'm going to do so i'll i'll, I'll 
wait for it. Luckily, this is the beautiful part of living in my neighborhood is that I have a I, can, I have a walking distance away from a movie theater. So that's awesome. So I, 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 I stay tuned for that one. So August alone. I mean, talk about September. August alone. This month is going to be huge. We got Suicide Squad next uh, week. We got Marvel Studios. What if which is coming on August 11th? which it's August 1st today as I'm doing this. And that is literally next Wednesday. So we got another um, Marvel Studios series that is going to be premiering every Wednesday. I yeah, I like the Wednesday deal. I like the Wednesday deal. I feel like the Wednesday deal comes a lot faster than it is if they put it on Friday. I feel like Friday is just such a torturous time. When, when Loki did their thing for the six episodes, I just felt like, you know, we got a chance to enjoy this. And then... Boom, Wednesday is already here the next week. It just felt like it's faster for some reason. So, you know, that's premiering August 11th uh, you know, on Disney+. Plus. Marvel Avengers Black Panther uh, War Wakanda, starring uh, Christopher Judge, the voice of Kratos, uh, should be premiering on the 17th. So we got that as well. So, I mean, just and, and there's, a, of course, some more games that are going to be premiering during the course of the month as well. So I believe this is the month that we get No More Heroes 3 finally too so as well as wait yeah you're right i think um dragon ball z kakarot is coming out this month too so dude i'm looking for it all or is it september i think it, i gotta look at i gotta look at the e-shop i think it's september but um yeah man i am looking forward to all this uh, it's gonna be just great this summer was a lot we had a, we had a great summer of fandom so far regardless of the pandemic and everything it's a lot of things to really enjoy and take your mind away from things uh going on so really cool last bit of news i have here's a very interesting one for pokemon fans um so we got a chance to see finally a live action pokemon movie starring ryan reynolds in the form of detective pikachu absolutely love that movie. that movie was so awesome I really, really enjoyed it. It really captured the essence of Pokemon. I, and I said it before, I've always wanted to see a live action Pokemon the day, the very day that I got a chance to, um, you know, first discover Pokemon and, and really enjoy what they did with that and played the games. I was like, they can absolutely do a live action one down the line. And they finally did. And it was everything I've ever wanted to see. The movie was so successful that now Netflix is looking to develop a live action Pokemon series. According to Variety.com, Joe Henderson, known for Lucifer fame and is currently working on the Lucifer uh, series on Netflix, is slated to be the writer and executive producer of the series. It is reported that they want to capture the essence that that was made, um, that would made the Ryan Reynolds movie Detective Pikachu so successful. That's a good template to go off of. It is said to be an early development right now, so there's no plot details or casting. But I've honestly, regardless of the plot details or anything, I know Game Freak, the creators of Pokemon, will more than likely have a say so here. And there's a certain there's a certain template that they go by with all of the stories of Pokemon, even Detective Pikachu. Um, that's what that makes it fundamental, uh, which I'm sure they're going to have their say so in here. The fundamentals of Pokemon is basically you got your main character with his main Pokemon that he chooses to go with, usually is Pikachu. You have the the co-character that always fought, you know, accompanies them, which that 
character usually has their own Pokemon as well. And they go on this journey to become rather the Pokemon champion or whatever like that. And Detective Pikachu is a different situation, but it always involved, you know, the main character in this in this Pokemon going on a journey and and battling against Pokemon and, you know, talking about how they care. for. So it, it's really the plot can't be that far off from that premise. Uh, there they always will have a premise that they'll go off of and once you have that base premise to it that and they could go off to any other type of situation a part of that so but the idea is usually you got a kid who's looking to be the best there ever was <laughs> and um you know I, I was almost going to the point of singing the damn song but honestly you know i'm looking forward to this if they're going to provide the special effects um and the cgi quality that detective pikachu had and they're forking willing to nintendo and, and the game freak are willing to fork over the the money to um to finance this whole thing i am all for this i will be watching that considerably I've, like i said Pik detective pikachu is considered one of the best i would say it, it doesn't get talked about but it might be considered one of the best video game uh live action movies of all time I would give Sonic some credit for that as well, because I thought they both did a great job. Uh, the, both those movies were great um, in really bringing the essence of that game to life, their respective games to life. And uh, I thought it was awesome. So hopefully they'll get this right and they'll get this together and we can enjoy another live action experience of this movie. So ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back. And when I do, we are going to enter the world of Transformers as I review Transformers uh, War of Cybertron Kingdom. What did I think about the iterate uh, the uh, iteration or the the crossover? I should say with the Beast Wars. We'll talk about all that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Kingdom. I, I know I've been saying War on Cybertron because I thought that's what the, what the series and video game series and toy line was based on, but it's actually four. I didn't uh, realize that. But... It is War for Cybertron Trilogy Kingdom, which is kind of, you know, speaks for itself. It's going to be based around the uh, interactions with the Beast Wars characters this time around. And, you know, I said it on the beginning of the show. I'm not really the biggest fan of Beast Wars. Like, I grew up with the G1 Transformers and 
when this series came out and it was during the era of cgi when it first aired up so this is like the first stages of cgi and it doesn't look like anything as great as it does now 3d animation is was like at the very beginning stages of this so everything looked back then like storyboard 3d animation like that they use now because <laughs> now they have all these different layers of textures and, and resolution and everything that they're adding on to it and pixels and, and and the frame rates are much more advanced than it ever was but those were the the humble beginnings of 3d and cgi and transformers was one of the first to be able to do it um and i wasn't necessarily ready to accept the new look of the transformers i never really liked the fact that optimus primal would had a mouth and you can see his mouth through the actual thing i've always liked the kind of um mask look of optimus prime so some of the character designs i wasn't really down with it and i didn't like the fact that they actually transformed to look like actual animals and i, I just didn't see the logic of that so there was a lot that was turned off for me. I was always a G1 fan. I still am a G1 fan to this day. But with that said, I actually do like the way they played this in. And this, in fact, kind of made me a a more appreciative fan of Beast Wars, of the Beast Wars uh, series after this, because I thought they did a really good job. And now we get to see the Beast Wars in this stage of 3D animation and design much better they, they they just the character design looks stunning every like this whole entire series just looks stunning uh period and i mean kudos to the art designer to the art director for what they have, for what this person has done throughout this whole entire series and let me give him uh his due um masanori uh saka kiba uh, kabari um who is the one possibly responsible for all of the look of this entire, you know, uh, trilogy series. It's just been great. And by the way, the spoiler alert, I don't know why they call it a trilogy because it looks like we're getting an entire new series or movie or whatever. Something's something big is ha about to happen um, here. But we got season three, the third of the trilogy. And it left open ended. Okay, you got six episodes of this, and I, for the most part, overall, I've really enjoyed it. I'm not going ahead of myself by saying that, um, but it wasn't the perfect ride. I think a lot of that stems from the performances. Uh, the story of it is really, really strong. So basically, the story of this, if you guys remember from the last episode of the season, we they kind of the whole entire series the whole trilogy series is supposed to be based on a g1 era where before megatron the autobots and decepticons headed to earth and crash landed on earth and then appeared uh eons later uh, millions of years later waking back up and teletron one is waking everybody up and all this stuff and we get to that point where they all board the ship from the um, from Cybertron because Cybertron is dying, and they apparently, you know, the the Autobots go into the Ark, the Decepticons go into their ship, and they're all on in space trying to chase each other down. Megatron actually got possession of the Matrix of Leadership, um, and I forgot what happened in the second season, but Optimus was very. Um, 
he wanted forgiveness from Megatron. I forgot the reason why, but you know, this all led to them, you know, chasing each other down on the ship and then crashing into each other, which then it ends up they all crashing onto Earth. But unbeknownst to them, they were being uh they were being met with a whole bunch of different people who were waiting for them to come down. And apparently those new beings were the actual Beast Warrior characters, the Maximals and the Predacons, who were already on Earth waiting for these guys to come in. How? Because they travel back through time to stop a situation that is occurring in their current state. Now, I dig this. I dig how they they enter they, this interaction with the Beast War um, series because part of it is really kind of what happened during the original Beast War series, but they kind of took a little bit of liberties to change it up just a tiny bit, I believe. And because the original, like they kind of, they did base the original series around the idea of them being connected to the G1, but it's a bit of a future. And I also like the fact that they um, brought in the golden disc, which was something that was a McGovern from the original series as well. So if you're a Beast Wars fan or watched the series, then you would, you would have known that that, that disc was eventually going to lead to the Beast Wars coming in. And it did. And we got a chance to, which I was really glad because I didn't know how they were going to handle the Beast Wars situation. Because uh, they left, they kind of gave an idea on the last uh, episode, of the second uh, part of the trilogy that they were coming. So I was a little bit wary, but I do absolutely love the way they, was wrote up, they were written into this whole thing. And it gave me a better appreciation of the of the beast wars at this point so they're coming back into um they're coming back to time they were waiting for the uh autobots and decepticons to make it there and they had to try to warn optimus prime that everything that they're doing is leading to chaos because unicron is coming and and optimus primal was at all scared of optimus prime because he thought he was none other than nemesis prime who apparently apparently through the storyline of this series is a herald of unicron unicron is is playing the galactus of all this pretty much we knew that megatron was going to become galvatron we didn't know to what end how they were going to do this because now that they're 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 manipulating the original g1 story to make their own so the events that happened in the original transformers the movie never existed in this universe there everything's happening a little bit different this is a whole variant if you will of the transformers uh storyline this is their own situation so nothing that happened in transformers the movies is going to happen in this series i'll tell you that uh unicron is coming but he's going to be coming in a whole different fashion and instead because in an original movie there was no such thing as nemesis prime nemesis prime is a character that came way later and the comics and all that stuff um funny story too i actually have the masterpiece in my office right now nemesis prime uh, or leo or, or black convoy is what they call it this is a, um, i believe this is the the, uh, the japanese version of the model but it's awesome i love 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 this nemesis prime deal um but i like the way that they added they did the nemesis prime edition too like he's a herald of unicron now where Megatron became Galvatron. They end up turning him into Nemesis Prime. And, you know, they ended up just, you know, he, he, being his um, his destroyers, if you will. 
to that extent. So the Maximals are coming back to try to stop and rewrite what was done um, with the Matrix was all of that stuff. So it, it just it, it really turns into a situation. The Maximals and it, you know what's even better? What I like about the storytelling and writing of this is that there is a underlying message in this about how to how how we all should come together no matter what political side you're on that we should all come together to find a way to make peace and make the world a better place and i love that message that's been the message the whole entire time if you watch every one of these deals i mean if you watch the the first the first of the trilogy the first part of the trilogy you see kind of megatron being a little bit trumpish if you will and it kind of, it was obvious that he was kind of getting to that situation and the, and the decepticons was kind of going in a certain political direction here um and then from that point it just the whole narrative just became that situation but now at the end they're like this is a whole entire situation where like in order to make a better cybertron in a better world and, it, and unfortunately i'm not going to spoil the whole entire thing but things happen unfortunately to some of our favorite characters in here and um i won't say which characters but it, it, it gets really dark <laughs> um but at the, at the same time it, it, it's just very intriguing what they do and how they interplay all these characters together uh seeing some combinations of characters like uh starscream and black arachnia was perfect it was one of my favorite scenes because it was black arachnia is the one character that i absolutely enjoyed uh when watching the beast war saga like she was one of the in terms of performances in terms of character uh development i it was one of my favorites um so and i liked her interaction with starscream and because they're one in the same <laughs> and it was it was pretty cool i like seeing air razor as well air razor was one of my um it was the one thing that i liked about the series as well i do want to say like i'll give them credit some of the when it comes to the performances that's when it gets kind of airy with me because i didn't think a, a lot of the performances was as strong and i think a lot of it had to do with the casting choices i don't think it, i don't want to say it's the actors inability to be what they want because the casting directors tell them what they want and i know rooster teeth is not an elaborate big studio that can afford the likes of maybe frank weller or optimus or, or, or peter cullen which i'm sure hardcore transformer fans like myself would have absolutely appreciated hell i would have even taken the guy who the original uh, guy who did the maximals um you know voice for optimus primal but some of these voices to me didn't carry well especially when you compare them to the original actors of um of the of the uh of the series i will give you for example who is give me a second i'm gonna find him yes predacon uh predacon megatron marcus bobish if i'm pronouncing his name right now forgive me if i'm not <coughs> excuse me he played the predacom megatron i thought he was the weakest voice of the bunch and i say this is why if you watch the original beast war series and watch the original 
I, again, I, I say I didn't like the Beast Wars series, but I got to give them credit. The performances were really good. The voice acting was really good. Um, I I did like something of it, but I didn't like to. I just wanted my G1. And if they're going to do a 3D version of the series like they're doing now, I wanted them to do this. But I will give credit for this. The Megatron on the original series, like Gary uh, Chalk, who played Optimus Primal, I think would have played a great um, Optimus Prime. Like the Mega David K, who played Mega the Predacon version of um, of um, Megatron in the original series. I man, I don't know if he's still around or whatever or whatnot, but I thought his voice was great for the series. I thought he did it absolutely tremendous job with it and i like his cavalier voice it was sinister it was um i thought it was tremendous i thought it was absolutely tremendous and like it wasn't it, it, it was still it still had a hint of evil but it was also kind of uh flamboyant as well and it his his, his signature his signature um catchphrase was like yeah <laughs> you know it wasn't very original megatron like but it was still some hints of evil within him this portrayal that marcus uh Barbashis, i'm I think i'm saying that right that marcus um Barbashis did it wasn't good i don't i, I don't want to necessarily blame him i don't know what the voice director suggested but this guy is supposed to be the leader of the Predacons. He sounded like a college dude named Jeff. <laughs> Literally. I think the other problem with the voices too, all of the voices, was that they could have benefited from using some auto-tone. And I think I might have mentioned that before during the other parts. They're robotic. They're not real people. They just should not sound like real people. They, I mean, they should have a form of intelligence, but let us, for our depiction of wit, you know actual you know robot alien robots sound like give them some suspense of disbelief by giving them some auto-tune uh, just a little bit not too much to you know just to kind of flow with the voices as well it just like it, it, it that megatron voice it bothered me because it's like and especially when he's near the g1 megatron who i thought did a pretty good job as that megatron jason uh, uh what is it jason marna uh, marnaka i believe is his, his name and he also played galvatron i thought he did fairly good he's not going to be peter welker nobody's going to be peter welker uh, i mean frank welker i should say um i'm mixing the two together frank uh, nobody's going to be frank welker and then into some extent no and to a lot of extent nobody's going to be peter cullen either but um i i i really did not like that voice at all it it didn't sound merciless it didn't sound sinister it didn't sound no way evil at all he sounded like a high school kid or a college kid or just coming in a freshman it was it was not a great voice at all i was not an, in, in all impressed of that voice um i i will i will say this um the, the who was it the, well the actor who played black arachnia and i don't see it on this list Oh, here it is. Uh, G, um, Jen Carr. I thought she played it really well. I thought her uh, she played up the Black Arachnia really well. It sounded like the original Black Arachnia, 
voice. Um, it was really cool. And, and again, she gelled really well. The chemistry between her and Starscream was really awesomely done. Um, who else in here that I was I would give credit to? And I would as much as I as much as I appreciated Jake of uh, Fosies. Optimus Prime and then last two, I didn't necessarily dig it this time. I felt like he was forcing himself to be burly, like, you know, Grusby and, you know, like Optimus Prime. Again, auto-tune would have greatly helped this, <laughs> helped this voice project a little bit more. Like, not everybody can be Peter Cullen. But what made Peter Cullen so well is that he didn't if you listen to Peter Cullen do Optimus Prime, that's his voice. That's not him trying to pretend to be a voice. And that's how I feel a lot of some of the performances here was. It was some of them, some of them, not all of them, but some of them felt like they were pretending to be true. You know how when you were a kid, watch if like if you're a kid my age and you were watching Transformers back in the day, G1, and we loved it so much and we all went outside and played after watching the series and talking about transformers and then we would pretend that we were transformers but we would necessarily not sound like the, the actual characters or you know know how to portray the characters the way that they should that's kind of how i felt like when i was listening to some of the voices of some of the characters here not all of them really took me brought me in as much um but when it came down to that to that, me that Predacon Megatron, that, that was the one that really did it. But also, you know, what made Peter Cullen so great was that he was very somber and calm. And I think it was just, I, it, it, Jake's voice sounded too forced in this performance that he did. It just sounded way too, because he was trying to scream and holler everything. And maybe if they would have worked around to make his voice elevate a little bit more without him having to to scream and holler in a, a, a very deep way it didn't come off natural. But when you hear Peter Cullen do it, he's not even putting that too much. It doesn't even seem like he's putting enough, it, it putting little to no energy to make him sound like the way he does. And he's a little bit more bold when he does it. It's like, I just saw this, um, this comment about, cause they were, I, I watched this video when, they were comparing Christopher Judge's version of Kratos to TC Carson's version of Kratos. And somebody wrote something brilliant in here. He was like, young Kratos talks in all caps. Older Kratos talks in bold. That is perfect. Because if you listen to Christopher Judge's uh, performance of Kratos, he's not screaming and hollering, but he still has that. Why didn't they get Christopher Judge? Oh, never mind. But... <laughs> They, um, he was a little bit more subtle, but he was able to grasp out the voice. And I, I don't think that he was, I, I wish it just seemed like he, he didn't, they didn't capture the essence of what we know to Optimus Prime to be. Now, thing is too, is that we're getting another Transformers movie coming soon. Um, we already, it was already been reported that, uh, Ron Perlman is coming. It's going to be based on a Beast Wars. Uh, again, we're getting a live action Beast Wars uh, this time, and it's going to be called Rise of the Beast. So Ron Perlman is playing Optimus Primal. That's the type of voice that you want to play Optimus Primal. That 
or even or even Optimus Prime for that matter. Um, they all and in uh, Peter Cullen is coming back as Optimus Prime, so that is also going to be. We're going to see with the mastery of that voice of that character portrayed again. Okay, so I mean, there you go. And and strangely enough, Anthony Ramis is going to be on the movie too. I'm all for that. From uh, In the Heights and uh, in in uh, and Hamilton and all this stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I just because just simply because Ron Perlman is going to be in. Ron Perlman is just awesome, but he has that voice too. That graspy voice. He doesn't have to scream and holler. He doesn't have to do too much to get a bold, you know, aggression out of him. This kid, this guy, I just, it just, it just didn't draw me in this time. And I said he did really good the last two times, but I think he was just doing a lot of screaming and hollering this time. And Peter Cullen didn't have to do that. Ron Perlman really doesn't have to do that either. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, the performances weren't to me as good as the other last two, but doesn't mean that it wasn't a overall bad film. I thought it, I thought each episode was great in its own way, despite the performance uh, issues I had with it. Um, overall, I liked it. Not as much it, it, to me. It wasn't as strong as the first two parts was, which was more focused on Cybertron and everything and such like that. But the the um, the crossover between the, the, the Beast Wars, it made a lot of sense as to what they did, how they did it, and the open-ended situation that's going to lead to rather, uh, hopefully, a movie from them or uh, or something to that nature. But all honesty, uh, I my only negative to this is that I wish they would use autotune or they would try to use other actors. I got to... Rooster Teeth, I don't think is a is a financially flourishing company to the point that they can um, afford a Peter Cullen or Frank Welker, as I mentioned before. But I, I in fact, I, I think some of the actors in this series are in-house staff, too. But I would I would invest. I would easily invest in bringing in. A, some talent that really brings out the best in it. I don't think, I don't really think that in terms of casting, I don't think that they went all out. Like if you compare the, if you talk about 80s iconic cartoons from our past, if you compare this to the powerhouse cast that we had with Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelation, which to me is the best casting of actors and voices of the year i mean he had the who who he had everybody but um nolan north and and, and troy baker to be in this <laughs> he had everybody but i mean he had kevin conroy another guy i i i could have said i could have played uh optimus prime or optimus prime or, or even megatron for that matter um he had you know um Bat, batman and joker he had you know um why am I blanking out on Luke Skywalker's name? <laughs> okay. Um, he had the best of the best in that series. Say what you will about that series. And Mark Hamill is what I'm thinking of. Jesus. Um, had a moment there. But he had 
the he had Sarah Michelle Geller in there. He had all these awesome actors. Candyman. Okay. All these awesome actors and voices to portray some of our favorite characters. And they knocked it out the park. It was a perfect casting. I think this casting felt budgeted. This some of them did really really good. Others was not so good. I felt like this was a very budgeted cast. They got what they could afford to get and they ran with it because the animation budget was way higher than it was for them to do this. And that's the way I feel. That's the way it, I, I think if they wanted to get a better cast, I think they could have. I just think that they probably couldn't because it just they couldn't afford it. So they work what they got into their credit. It works the story because of the storytelling. The storytelling to me is the strong point of the series and is and, and, uh, equal to that, the animation. Um, but I feel like in terms of the performances, it could have been much better than that. But overall, I like the series. I like what they went with it. I love the message that went with it. Um, even though the performances weren't all stellar, it still got us through episode one to episode six pretty good i did like the the interactions with some of the g1s to the beast wars and everything so it worked out overall i liked it overall but if i'm going to give it a grade i'm going to give it an honest grade of a b uh, it's just give it a solid b um the animation was great it, it the animation was awesome it's everything i ever wanted even for the beast wars they looked fantastic it just wasn't perfect it just wasn't even up to par with the first two for me but um i'm looking forward to seeing what they got next because obviously unicron's coming they're 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 bringing them up i don't know if another series another season is coming or they're just going to make it, all, it just as all culminating to a movie but i'm looking forward to how they're gonna beat unicron they're going to part with the beast wars or what's going to happen with the beast war characters and how is the transformer is going to end up getting to a point of being like because the, the whole structure of the transformer storyline is changed like there is no spike or spark plug uh wiki in this series at all i don't think we're going to see that i don't think we're going to see any of the character human characters uh that we saw in the original g1 series you know unfortunately because i actually liked those uh those guys chip either like we're not going to see any of those guys from the series it's just strictly transformers at this point but uh you know we'll see but I, I liked it if you if you put them all together it's a great absolutely great series uh but apart there's some better than others so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live the prime show thank you all very much we are starting a new month and let's see what's going to happen here uh, thank you to our old listeners our new listeners it's been a great July. Let's continue it off. And we got a lot more to check out. Maybe some new guests coming as well down the line that I'm working on. And uh, we'll see. Definitely. Oh, by the way, go out of your way to check out the Green Lantern comic book, which is available now. Uh, the new issue is out in comic book stores. It's coming to Comicology this week as well. Uh, issue five. Really, really good. Go out of your way to check out my interview with Jeff uh i was about to say jeff fisher with my head with jeff uh jeffrey thorne as we talk about his uh work on that series as well and and much much more um also i got a chance to read the first two issues of static from milestone go out of your way to get that that is 
awesome. Criss Cross's artwork, fantastic. Just go out here with it. Milestone is back, people. And um, Avengers Tech On, illustrated by one of my other guests as well, uh, Chamba, is coming out in August as well. So stay tuned for that too. Um, in our next Select Start episode, which will not be this week, it is going to be next week. Why? It's because this week, I'm going to be celebrating my 16th wedding anniversary with my wife, which means I'm going to take a little bit of a break for this weekend. So um, I'm not even sure I'm going to do my prime show on Sunday. It may be extended to Monday because I'm going to be away for the weekend um, and, you know, spending time with my wife here. So that is, but I'm definitely going to have a prime show. If it's not going to be Sunday, it's definitely going to be Monday. I can, I can tell you that because Suicide Squad is coming. Uh, on my edit, my wedding anniversary. That's why this is the the, the mix up here is that <laughs> this movie is coming out on August 6th. That is the day that I got married to my lovely wife on 2005. <laughs> they just had, they dropped a bomb on me to put it on that day. So, you know, there's the dilemma with that, but not bad at all. Uh, I really am really enjoy, um, going to enjoy watching it when I get the chance to. This is the beauty of it being on HBO Max, a streaming network that is offering to pay their t their um, actors for being on the streaming network. I have no problem with paying a monthly fee for that. Um, so I'll watch it when I when I catch up and get the chance and uh, avoid not being spoiled or I may watch it before I do everything that I'm normally going to do for my anniversary as well. So we will see. But either way, if not Sunday, Monday, I will be doing that show from there uh so the select start may come slightly later that or the, or just we're just going to do it next week and everything's going to extend from there but the, uh samurai uh, warriors 5 is the game i'm going to be reviewing as well so stay tuned for that also marvel avengers black panther war wakanda is going to be coming so that's going to be done soon as well as master blaster 2 uh so stay tuned for all that and god knows what else but for now people you can always enjoy not only this show but all of our previous episodes our archived episodes we got over god like overall including select start and exclusives we probably got over like way over 500 episodes of talk time live content that you could check out on talktimelive.com you can go on our podcast page you can just look down the list or you can check on our search engine and any particular guest that you're looking for you could go on there you could type it in it's there you can also go into the talk time live exclusive video page to check out the recent episode with jeff thorne as well as amanda c miller the cast of naruto uh my goodness uh the kevin conroy press interview that i did brian donovan uh game developers mega rand dj uh cut man shout out to them all there uh just a lot of different content that you can check out on the website on the official website for talk time live at talktimelive.com uh we got a new blog entry in as well for the new controller that i just uh checked out for the nintendo switch i definitely think if you're a nintendo switch fan you want to check that out because this may be the best in the market so far uh so go on to the blog page of talktimelive.com and check it out there and of course the media section which has the read pop panels which some of your favorite anime cast is all there as well so if you want to check out our uh episodes on your favorite podcast platforms and subscribe and download you can go to spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast google podcast stitcher Podbean, tune in audible 
Pandora Pocket Cast. And of course, shout out to my people in the Tumblr community because you can listen to it there as well. Thank you. Be safe out there. Please get vaccinated. Please take care of all your, um, your responsibilities and health for not only yourself, but for the people around you. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the, the vaccination rate up. Stop being afraid of, you know, taking care of it all. We got people like Jeff Thorne who has immune deficiency issues out there, which we talked about, but we it, that part got cut because the uh, because the technical difficulties on his side of things. But, you know, some of the people that you're looking out for are people that are helping to entertain you. So please do your part to make sure that we're all in a better situation. That will do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Have a great and safe week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.